Good morning. And it's the fourth Sunday of Lent. And um, we have this wonderful gospel that I think we're all incredibly familiar with, the prodigal son. It's one of those great stories that probably all of mankind throughout this world has some grip on because it's that famous. And quite frankly, it's that real of a, it's that real of a situation that Jesus gives us that causes this reading, this gospel, this parable to be so well-known across mankind. One of the things that we want to focus on today in all of these readings is, the, is that God will redeem the contrite of heart. When you and I come to him in repentance, we can be assured, as St. Paul says in the second reading, that all things new will be created in Christ. And that Christ's very business is to redeem God's creation. But today, rather than look at the prodigal son and all of the nefarious things that this man did and, and how he took the, the inheritance of the father and arrogantly went on his own way and w- with no guardrails and no rules and nothing to hold back, I'll go enjoy life at whatever level I wish, and no one can tell me that it'll be uh, destructive to my life. I'm smart enough. I'm going to do what I want to do. We all know that side of the story. What I'd like to do this morning is to talk about this parable from this angle, the story of the two sons, the comparison of the two sons. Let's set the scene. We've got the Pharisees and the scribes coming to Jesus, who's in town, and he's going to draw a very large crowd, as he does everywhere he goes. And the Pharisees and the scribes are upset. Why? Because they see tax collectors and prostitutes and openly sinners coming to visit this Messiah-type man, this prophet, that they, they are drawn to him, and Jesus allows it. And one of the greatest insults to them is that he would even sit down with them and eat a meal with them, a very intimate cultural act at that time as it is still today. This frosted the Pharisees and the scribes, because who could be a prophet from God and associate with this scum. It's basically what he was saying. So Jesus brings out the parable of the prodigal son, or as today we'll look at it, the parable of the two sons. We all know, as we said, the parable of the prodigal, who goes away and lives a life of destruction, fails miserably, and finds himself eating, wanting to eat, the food of the swine. This man is a Jew. He is living with pigs. There could be no greater insult to who he is in his very character. He wakes up, he gets his senses about him, and he goes back in recompense to his father and begs his forgiveness, and the father grants it with great joy. We know that story. But let's focus on the older son. What does the older son do? 
the older son hears that the younger son is back and he is absolutely appalled. He is angry. His anger is so much that obviously this anger has preceded this single event. The fact that he was the good son, that he was the son who was always there, always tending to the fields, always doing what the father asked, and this other rogue son, this younger son, just goes away and leaves and disrespects the family and goes out and, and, and ends up with prostitutes and ends up with swine. You can almost feel this disgust of the older son turning into anger and possibly even hate. It certainly was an, a feeling of discrimination, a feeling of you are significantly lesser than I and I don't even want to be in your presence because you are scum. Just like the Pharisees and the scribes. Perfect analogy for Jesus to draw. My brothers and sisters, you and I are so familiar with the younger son's problems. Today I want to point out the sins of the older son. The older son has drawn into hatred and anger. He has allowed this emotion of how he has been disrespected, how his family has been disrespected, how his religion has been disrespected. He's allowed that disrespect to turn into hatred. And in fact, this younger son is dead. And to use a term today, is dead to him. And then he appears repentant. And he is absolutely distraught at the forgiveness of his father. Why? Because he's jealous. Wait a minute. What am I, chopped liver? I've been here day after day, year after year. You've given me nothing to party with my friends with. But yet, this sinner, this rogue, arrogant fool, you're... Uh, Notice he calls him your other son. He doesn't call him his brother. Your other son, and you kill the fatted calf. How could you do such a thing? The older brother is so focused on his righteousness, on who he is as a person, how good he has been in his own mind, he can't even see his own sin. So which brother are we? who come to church every Sunday and pray and do as the Father tells us. And we're good Catholics. We're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Could we be falling into the pattern of the older son? Could we be so blind that we might miss our own sin? Can we not see that there is an aspect of anger and hatred and sin in our life that is actually sucking the very joy out of our life, even though we're the good son. Certainly what happened to the first son in this story. My brothers and sisters, you and I are called to redemption because Jesus Christ redeems the contrite of heart. Let us take this beautiful gospel very much to heart today so that we might become introspective to our own sin. Whether, no matter which son we are, if we're the prodigal son, know that there is nothing 
that you have done that the Lord will not forgive from a contrite heart. And all of the friends and family members that have fallen away and don't practice anymore, maybe they live a life of debauchery. Maybe they live a life that is outside of God's law. Maybe they support abortion. Maybe they do all these terrible things. We need to keep praying for them, not cast them out and say, you're dead to me. Such an easy emotion that Christ is trying to call us on this morning. Let us not ever be so arrogant that we would see the the sins of others at such a level that we cannot even become introspective of how we have fallen short ourselves. This Monday, tomorrow, 6.45 p.m., God is giving us the gift of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Father Richard, Father Joe, Father Dan, and I don't know, maybe a dozen other priests will come from all over our diocese to bring this beautiful gift of the Father, to redeem us, to allow us to give back to Him our failures, just like the prodigal son had the courage and humility to do. But my brothers and sisters, what I'm concerned about is how many of us here are the older son who see the sacrament of reconciliation as something that he needs to do. She needs to do. Not <laughs> me? Uh, you know, I just, you're just lucky to be in my presence. No matter who we are. And in particular, if we are the older son. By the grace of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, may you and I have the courage to bring ourselves tomorrow to this 645 reconciliation service and bear our souls before the Lord, ask His forgiveness, and therefore be redeemed with a contrite heart and be able to look forward to the beautiful, beautiful events of Easter, confessed, reconciled with the Lord. May we have that, that courage to enter the church tomorrow night. May we have the humility. May God continue to bless you.